The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. You guys, this is our first live ever, ever. We have a very successful podcast called Lipstick on the Rim, which our listeners are listening to right now, our first live with Spotify and Apple. I'm Molly. This is Emisha. And we're going to be taking stock, celebrating wins and getting our mental health in check. This is really this is insane. Fun for us. It's kind of insane. It's kind of insane because we've never done this except in our little cubicle with whoever. We, yeah, a little room. A little room. It's a tiny room, dear media. And we actually have a time limit on this, which we normally yeah, always go we, over. So we're we going to keep it tight. Over. Super excited for our guest today. Lily Singh. Lily is an award-winning multi-hyphenate entertainer, actress, producer. She's a New York Times bestselling author, gender equality advocate, and president of Unicorn Island, which we're going to talk to you about, which is unbelievable. She has over 14 million Instagram followers. She has an incredible book club called Lily's Library. And she has an amazing nonprofit organization and a new animated series that we're so excited to talk about. She was Time's 30 most influential people on the internet. She is a badass. Lily Singh. Hey, hey, oh, hi. Hello. Oh, hi. Good. How are you? Lily Singh in the house. What's up? My first question, can I ask a question? <laughs> is women women's summit, am I right? So good. Which man set the thermostat? That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> women's summit? It's freezing. Every person here is cold. Okay? Let's start with that. Let's start with that. Okay. Thank you. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way. We were literally doing jumping jacks in the back. We were so cold. Lily Singh, for our listeners who know you, for our listeners who don't know you, for our live audience, who is Lily Singh? Oh, who is she not? Honestly, so yes, I'm Lily. I'm from Toronto. I'm Canadian. That's why I'm whoop, nice. Whoop. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, Two Canadians. I define myself as a storyteller, but really what that means is in 2010, I started making YouTube videos. I did sketches, I did little bits, little stand-up bits, grew quite the audience, and have had the opportunity to do a lot of amazing things since then. I have moved to LA, moved out of my Indian parents' house, such an accomplishment. <laughs> yep. I've written two books. I have a production company. I have a nonprofit. I have TV and film that I'm working in. So I get to do a lot of really cool things, but it really comes down to I love telling stories. And in your journey of, you know, the past 13 plus years, you've talked a lot about mental health, mm -hmm. overcoming it. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I think, you know, whether we're talking about when I first started making YouTube videos to right now, it always just felt like a smarter choice to me to be really honest about what I was going through. You know, I think... Um, and was it difficult breaking through as a young Indian girl in Canada coming here because you're still relevant. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what you have done and Let continue me to do. It. Was it difficult as a minority Indian girl in <laughs> Hollywood? Huh? Uh, yes, it was. It was very difficult. And I mean, you know, when I started making YouTube videos, I remember the first time I ever 
discussed a taboo subject was me talking about my period. It was just me being like, my assignment cards, I have my period, and people were really like, oh my goodness, a South Asian girl is talking about this taboo subject that so many people go through, and people didn't know what to do with that information, but I think I really garnered a community because of that, because people thought, oh, this is something that is like so relatable to me, I've never talked openly about it, and that was my first introduction to the power of just choosing unity over fear, choosing openness over fear. I think often in life, we are faced with two choices. One is fear-based and one is love-based, loving yourself, loving others, loving your experience. And I think, although it's been extremely difficult time and time again to make that choice, I just continue to choose love Do over you have fear. tips over like how to overcome those fears? Because a lot of us hold back and a lot totally. of us hold on to that fear, right? what would you say are ways that you can start to slowly overcome those fears? There's a few things I'll say, and I also want to preface this, I'm no expert. I'm figuring it out like every other person here, and it is a work in progress, but there's a few things. Of course, there's a lot of really practical things I believe, and I'm a huge advocate for therapy, a huge advocate for meditation, for journaling I actually recently got into. So I'm a huge advocate for all of these daily practices we can do. But if I'm going to get like, can I get like a real, real for a second? Let me get like a real, real for a second. It's really understanding the systems that actually are in place to make us feel scared in the first place. So as women, there are so many strategic systems in place to make us feel ashamed of speaking about certain things, of voicing certain things, of wearing certain things, of being treated a certain way. Learning about those systems and why they exist is the first step in smashing them to the ground. <laughs> and did you, were you raised like that? Did your parents start to instill that in you in an early age? I have three daughters. Molly has a daughter. How do you start How did to you empower? lay know, that groundwork? Yeah. Yeah, I think, so I'm very honest about the chip I have on my shoulder. I know usually when we talk about chips on shoulders, we discuss them <laughs> in a negative way, but I actually am very positive when I talk about the chip on my shoulder. It is gender inequality. Like, I am up here upset and annoyed anytime I, I ever experience gender inequality. And... Often when I'll talk about this, some bitter person will come up to me and be like, oh, you have such an agenda. And I'm like, correct. Yes, I do. Correct. That would be that a yes. That is absolutely correct. My agenda is girls and women and empowering girls and women. And I am not ashamed or going to feel bad about that. That is 100% my agenda. But growing up, no, I, I mentioned this also in Subtle Flex, my TED Talk. But uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, and just to give her a little bit of props, it's one of the top five oh, most listened TED stop. Talks. Whatever, just stop. To, to be clear. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for that. But yes, I mentioned in the beginning of my TED Talk that when I was born, I am the second daughter in an Indian family. And so a lot of my extended family in India was really disappointed at the idea that I was the second daughter because in a lot of cultures, they want sons, they want boys, the boys are the pride and joy. And so I was kind of born into this reality where because I was assigned female at birth, I was already kind of written off, a disappointment. People had a crystal ball into what my life would be. And I think that's like embedded into my DNA a little bit, this rebellion of like, and I, let me just emphasize, I'm not saying this is healthy or not, that's not the conversation, but it's definitely given me a little bit of a, I'm going to show you what girls can do. I'm going to prove to you all the things a girl can do. And that has been the driving force behind a lot of what I do. So when you ask me, was I raised with this rebellious, not intentionally, I think it was just out of necessity. It was out of necessity to prove to myself, to prove to others. And eventually, I would like to say the journey I've gone on has gone from, I say this, let's see if I can live it. The journey I've gone on is I want to evolve from proving certain people wrong to proving certain people right. Because now we live in a world where women support women, y'all. 
It's so true. <laughs> we do. Right. And, and we should more yes. and more and more every day. Correct. Exactly. And I think we say it more and more. I mean, my daughters were listening to the Taylor Swift song, The Man. And the lyrics to that song are really powerful when you actually listen to it. When you have like a nine-year-old asking you questions about it, you're like, ooh, okay, there you go. How do you explain that? I already broke this microphone. <laughs> what are some of the things that you can look back in your life that you think have really helped you cross those barriers? Is there a certain person? Was it a job? Was it, can you remember, I sound like Oprah, that, that moment of like, hmm. There's a lot of ways I could answer this question. I feel like the common way I can answer this, which is truthful, so I will make this be part of my answer, is I have an amazing mother, as most of us I'm sure do. I have an amazing mother who is such an example of independence and resilience and working hard. And again, we're going to go back to the theme of this conversation will be not saying this is healthy, but my mom always instilled in me from a young age to never have to rely on someone. And I know that can sound semi-salty, but she's an immigrant woman. She moved from India and she very much so instills in me. It's the same me. advice. Same advice. That, it's that this idea of like, be financially independent. Yeah. Like even if you go on to have a partner, make sure you can stand on your own two feet. And she always taught me that. And I thought that was really beautiful because I don't think that's how she was raised. That's I exactly how I was raised as well. Yeah. Exactly. It makes a huge so, difference. My mother for sure. But though, otherwise, if I'm being real, all my failures, like I, I don't want this to sound, it's going to sound a little cliche, but really every failure I've had that I look back on, I'm like, thank God that happened. Thank God I got that rejection or that person put me in my place or like I was told that I wasn't good enough in that moment because those have all just been part of the path of me getting better and not bitter and getting more skilled and more educated and getting thicker skin and becoming the person I am. Who else is ready to refresh their winter wardrobe? I know I am, but first I'm fully getting into the holiday party season mode with some fun updates from Macy's. If you're looking to shake things up, bold, bright colors, look no further as they have everything from royal blue coats to eye-catching green handbags to highly pigmented beauty essentials. I'm obsessed with. You know, I love a pop of color when it comes to clothes or makeup. There's definitely a time and a place. If you're anything like me, take it one step further and add a little sparkle to the eye. It's very festive and fun. Now, if you're looking for a more minimal vibe, which I love as well, check out their warm, texture-rich winter neutrals. Think camels, browns, tans, beiges, off-whites, basically a character from a Nancy Myers movie. For even more inspiration in the must-haves you need right now, visit Macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. That's Macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. You guys have heard me talk about Own Your Style before. It's organized, it's curated, and you can find everything you need, plus a lot more. You guys are going to absolutely love it. But let's say you're someone who feels like they need a little extra guidance. Totally fine. Macy's has you covered. All you have to do is pair up with a personal stylist who will help you put your looks together. This is such a great feature I highly recommend taking full advantage of. You're probably wondering, okay, that sounds great, but what does it cost? Honestly, it's free. Head on over to Macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. Yep, you're going to thank me. Don't forget to check out Macy's.com slash own your style. That's Macy's.com slash personal stylist and Macy's.com. I can't stress enough how important it is to always be hydrated. I'm actively working on this. And one of my resolutions for next year is to make a bigger effort to drink more water. The holidays are a busy time, running around, shopping for gifts, running from one holiday party to the next, flying on planes, going somewhere, going everywhere. It's the time to make sure you are thoroughly hydrated on the go. 
No matter where you are or how you're hydrating this season, think Liquid IV. It is the hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier can keep you going through the end of the year and beyond. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. The best part? They're amazing flavors. I love the white peach. I love the green grape. I love the crisp lemon lime. It's zesty. It's refreshing and sugar-free. How is it sugar-free? Great question. Liquid IV uses allulose, a naturally occurring sweetener with the same sweet taste and texture one can expect from table sugar. Liquid IV is our family's go-to when it comes to all sports endeavors. For myself, on the sidelines, my children on the field. The packaging, it's so convenient, so I always have a bunch of sticks in my bag at once. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you guys can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code LIPSTICK at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using code LIPSTICK at liquidiv.com. It's us, Kat and Nat. You may know us from the internet as those moms in the car, but also the ones with the naughty podcast. So naughty that you whisper, I listen to your podcast when you see us in real life. As two best friends who forget that they are recording the conversations, you never know what you're going to get. From stories in our lives as married moms to parenting seven kids to sex confessions submitted by you, the listeners, it's a one-stop podcast. You can find our podcast, Cat Nat Unfiltered, everywhere and anywhere that you listen to the podcast. It's the podcast that makes you feel like you're sitting with your two best friends who overshare and don't care. Speaking of resiliency, social media. Oh, what <laughs> a pivot. I know. Oh, what I, a got, I, got, I got a pivot because we all talk about it. There are a lot of moms in the audience yeah. dealing with it themselves, mm-hmm. but dealing with it with their children. You have grown up in it. And I think for all of us out there, like, how are you so normal? <laughs> And cool. And like you keep your head and your shoulders and not only, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to deal and be on social media every single day. And, you know, none of us want to admit it, but we all are. And our kids, our kids ultimately will be at some point. How have you navigated that? And what advice can you give to our listeners and, and to people here to help our families, to help stay grounded? Right. First of all, I'm not normal. (laughs) Second of all, you see how our noses are running? Once again, the thermostat. I'm just going to put that out there. If anyone's listening in the back, just going to put that out there once again. Listen, social media is a tricky relationship for me. And I'm going to be honest. Social media is why I have a job. It's why I'm sitting here. I started making YouTube videos. I started creating content. I built a community. I built an audience. My brain, I'm both happy and sad to report, thinks in terms of social media. It thinks in terms of content. Like right now I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, it'd be such a funny reel if like we show a guy the thermostat and like he's like, <laughs> you know, my, my brain is thinking like this all the time. But I've also been forced to constantly reflect on my relationship with social media and because it is a double-edged sword. I think it's a beautiful tool for unity. We've seen it accomplish amazing things. You know, I've raised so much money for charity, my nonprofit, because of social media. But I've also had some of the worst days of my life because of social media. And so it really is a double-edged sword. And what I can say is that, and I want to preface by saying I do not have any kids. So take this with a grain of salt. But what my belief is coming from social media is I don't think that landscape and that climate will ever change and become what parents want it to become. I know we want it to be ultra safe and we want 
trigger warnings everywhere and we want and those things are all great i just don't know if it'll ever become that because that is not a profitable climate you hear what i'm saying yeah and i think we need to come to terms with the fact that it will always kind of be this thing that benefits off our insecurities that forces us to compare ourselves to other people that gets us in the comments reading an argument and arguing with other people because that's how engagement is formed so do you feel like giving your children a toolbox early on and it's going Correct. to lead me to yes this is what, what i was I'm going so to. excited about yes and i done. will even do it for you <laughs> i will even do the transition the for you you have an amazing what amazing i was site. leading to is that i think instead what we need to do is we need to give our kids the best and ourselves let's be real not only our kids the best tools and mindset possible to understand what social media is things like i meditate and journal enough to know that when someone says something to me on social media it actually has nothing to do with me it, it has no part to do with Do you hear what me. she's saying? It has nothing. It really, it really has doesn't. nothing. Yeah. Whether or not I like you has nothing to do with you. Because I could like you and then she could not like you. So if we have different opinions, clearly it has nothing to do with you. It's really our projection onto other people. Mm-hmm. And when you get deeper and you get more mindful, you understand those things. So yes, my company, Unicorn Island Productions, we just released an amazing animated series called The Mindful Adventures of Unicorn Island in collaboration with you Headspace. Guys, it is so good. Yes. If you're a mom with children, go on YouTube. How many people are moms yeah. or have kids? Raise your hands. Yeah, okay, yeah. proud mom, one of you. <laughs> I saw that was one of you. Over there, they're like, yeah, I guess me. God damn it, I guess this is me. She's like, yes! New mom, one kid, first kid, two, okay, that's good, that's excellent. But it's called The Mindful Adventures of Unicorn Island. Here's the best part. Are you ready? I'm going to say every mom's favorite word right now. It's free. Yes, it's free. You can watch it for free on YouTube. It's quick, fun, 10-minute episodes. Every episode teaches kids one mindfulness activity. How to identify your emotions, how to regulate them, how to do a body scan. And... As a full adult, I've watched every episode and it has calmed me down so much. And I also know like, I've heard from my parent friends that it can be really stressful to put a screen in your kid's hand because you're like, oh, my bad because parents. You can, because you right. have to take it away. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna put a screen and I you're, it won't shut up. I'm gonna give you this iPad. I promise I wouldn't give you the iPad. I'm giving you the iPad. But this is actually something your kids can watch where they're gonna learn about mindfulness and meditation. So it's kind of like guilt-free screen time as well. I love guilt-free. I mean, I, yeah. We always said that we would never give our children iPads. And then I'm like, I have three. They each have their own. So it feels like a real fail sometimes. It's a, it's a fail. It, it, is a, it is a fail. Well, and you're this like, doesn't have to be a fail then. There you go. No, but I think to Emma's point, like giving them that toolbox because, yes, I do wish it would calm yeah. down and, and be I something wish the that same I. Thing. But I but know I it's not. Don't think it's, I just don't think it's going to. No, I know. Yeah. Let's talk about Unicorn Island, your fund, yes. your nonprofit. Mm-hmm. It's incredible what you're doing. She is an ultimate storyteller. Will you tell them a little bit about what you're fund and how, you know, if anybody would want to get involved, it's it's incredible. Totally. Yeah, going back to the chip on my shoulder, (laughs) gender inequality, because of the story I told about, you know, my relatives in India and India having the largest population in the world, there's a lot of girls and women that are not reaching their fullest potential there. So my fund, Unicorn Island Fund, is all about empowering girls and women, generally, but specifically in India, specifically through de-weaponizing shame and how shame is used against women. Yes, big. And preach, oh I will. I will preach because I think I've been, I've been really nerding out about gender inequality. And it's really, listen, I'm gonna be real. I know to some people it can be such an unsexy topic. 
I can like hear some eyes rolling sometimes. And I'm like, well, yeah, I want to talk about gender equality and supporting girls and women. The reality is, is that it's, it's like really important. It is factual that if more girls and women were to succeed, the entire world would benefit. Everyone on the, on the planet would benefit, not just girls and women. And I've been learning specifically about a lot of, you know, I think gender inequality is specific to cultures. And so mm -hmm. I've been learning a lot about Indian culture. I am also Indian myself. And so we're all about de-weaponizing shame as it relates to women, about how it holds women back. Because if you actually analyze the concept of shame, it is what holds up the patriarchy. It is what prevents yeah. us from having open conversations, from opening up to each other, from speaking out when there's injustice. So going back to your earlier question of like, how did you become this person that can overcome barriers? You learn about the BS that holds us back and then you decide to unsubscribe from that BS. Right. Like that's honestly what it is, is now I openly am like, no, I'm going to talk about my period. If you're uncomfortable, you can leave the room. You, you, you can work on that. You can work on that and you should work on that. And I'm going to talk about all the things and all the ways shame hold women back. When I was younger, and I don't know if any other culture can relate to this, literally my Indian elders would call my vagina my shame shame. Stop it. No. Yeah. That, was like the that was like the term you would use, like your shame shame. That was shame. just a normal term. That was, like a, that was a normal term. Any, if, you add, if you have any Indian friends, and it's a lot of other cultures, the same thing. But like the first time I ever said that publicly on a stage, some people got really uncomfortable and I'm like, that is why we need to keep talking about these things. Yeah. Like our bodies are not shameful. Our no. choices are not shameful. Our clothes are not shameful. Nothing about us is shameful. We need to unsubscribe from this because that is what is holding the patriarchy up. We have a few audience. I'm excited and terrified. Questions. <laughs> From Norman, Norma Jean Marie, who are your biggest female role models? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, there's, luckily I live in a time where there's so many amazing women to choose from, right? I'm going to have to say, I've had the pleasure of meeting this woman and it was like the most surreal moment of my life. I think one of the true real life superheroes we know, it's going to be Malala. I think Malala is when you think about like someone who has looked fear in the eye and been like, I am making choices, going back to I'm making choices based mm -hmm. on love and unity and not fear. I think there's no better person than Malala. And what she's overcome. overcome. Oh, totally. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Now from Ashmitha Suresh, is it normal to feel like therapy isn't helping even though I just started seeing a therapist? Wow. What an honest question. Yeah. Shout outs to you. Isn't that so real? <laughs> That is so real because I think when you first start going to therapy, you have one session. And let's be real, after the first session, everyone's like, I think I hate that person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel totally. like, so you go to therapy and you're like, I know I'm supposed to like you and supposed to listen to you. And I leave, I'm like, I freaking hate her. Like, she's like saying all these things about me. Like, But is that how you know they're a good therapist? That's what I'm saying. So, uh, yes. So I think it's completely normal to leave therapy being like, this doesn't work on me. I'm, this, I'm broken. It won't work. I don't like her. She doesn't know me. And I do think there's value in finding a therapist that's right for you. And maybe it's not the first, second, or third. You have to date around and look at your therapist a little bit to find one you do. But I think it's completely normal. And I have learned that when you leave therapy feeling very challenged, even though it's super annoying, that probably means they're a good therapist. They're good. Yeah. I love a good therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I Even though my therapist was like, no, it's actually your fault. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm not going to hear you that. just being open and honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's you. It's not Scott. Okay, yeah. great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, great. This is great. This is a good <laughs> open conversation. No, she like literally said to me, she was like, well, are you comfortable with that? I'm like, well, not really. And she goes, well, then why do you care? What is happening? Yeah. Okay. You're no. supposed to agree with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, 
Support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. It's that time for gifting loved one and it's time for gifting yourself. Who doesn't want a luxurious cashmere sweater to cozy up for in the holidays soon approaching? Or let's be honest, really all the time. I'm actually wearing one of hers right now. Jenny Kane, she does the best sweaters. They're always her it item. I'm gonna take you guys through some of the pieces I am loving. Okay. I'm obsessed with the Flynn cashmere sweater. It's the perfect wear with anything V-neck. I'm obsessed with the cashmere half zip, which is on trend, super cool, everyday staple, and they have it in must-have shades. I've already got two. You guys historically know me. My go-tos have always been the cashmere fisherman and the cashmere cocoon cardigan. I wear both essentially every week without fail, and they're bestsellers for a reason. They're completely timeless, hence why I wear mine over and over and buy new colors in the same style season after season. Let's move on to gifting for a second. It really is that time, and I know a lot of you can feel stressed about finding the perfect gift. This is my go-to gift. The sweaters everyone will love, so that's a given, but if you're looking for a stocking stuffer, there's seriously no better gift than Jenny's cashmere accessories from beanie to gloves to the best socks. They're each very luxe and such a thoughtful gesture. Okay, one last thing I need to discuss. The home collection. Make sure to add the throws and candles to your list. Gift yourself and your loved ones the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Our listeners get 15% off. That's right. 15% off your first order when you use code lipstick at JennyKane.com. That's 15% off your first order. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com and use code lipstick. Let getting dressed be one less thing you have to worry about. It's December, which means it's almost January, which means almost the new year. I'm trying to get my health kick started sooner, and I have to share a protein powder I've been loving that's been a real game changer. Clean Simple Eats. You might have heard it already, as it's completely blown up on TikTok. Protein powders, they can have that unbearable chalky aftertaste, and they've often given me a stomachache as well. Clean Simple Eats has somehow found a way around that. There's zero chalkiness, and all of their flavors are so creamy and smooth. It's seriously one of the best protein powders I've tried in a really long time. My go-to, my go-to is simply vanilla flavor. I love it. It literally tastes like vanilla ice cream, especially when you make a faux vanilla milkshake rendition, which I do for my Grey Grey all the time. He doesn't know the difference. I mix in almond milk, frozen bananas, a little bit of ice, and simply vanilla, and voila. They have 26 delicious all-natural flavors. They have fun flavors like eggnog, white chocolate peppermint, cake batter. I love their high ingredient standards, which is a big reason I let my kids make shakes with their protein powder all the time. Not only do I let them, but I highly encourage. Their protein powder is always grass-fed, no artificial ingredients, third-party tested, non-GMO, and gluten-free. If you needed another reason to love them, they're female-founded and a female-owned business. And as you know, we are big fans of that around here. You guys visit cleansimpleeats.com. Use code LIPSTICK10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's cleansimpleeats.com. Use code LIPSTICK10 for 10% off your order. Are women comfortable with men opening up emotionally? (laughs) It's an odd question. No, no, it's a good question. I think... Listen, not all women are the same. Not all men are the same. I think it depends on on the woman, to be honest. I personally 
am very comfortable with anyone opening up to me. And I think going back to my previous comment of if girls and women were able to excel more, everyone would benefit. I think one of the ways men would benefit is they would find they could be more vulnerable, that they didn't have to carry this facade of being macho, problem solver, breadwinner all the time, that they could also just be like, oh, I can be like a real human that can be hurt and cry and turn off. So I am, I so encourage men to be vulnerable and open up. And I, I do encourage other women to hold space for that as well, because that is a big part of the solution. I think it's a big part of the solution. Yeah. yeah. I think it starts early too. It goes back to the point of so much of what we become is how we were raised. And when you're little, boys are sort of taught to like, you know, be a little bit right. tougher and rumble and right. girls are, it's just the gender roles are defined so early. Totally. What do you think your fellow peers could do to be better allies to other female comedians? Oh, Ooh. just these fun questions. They're so fun. I'm going to actually generalize this beyond just comedians because I think this can apply to all different industries. Listen, I think that we have to be fearless in this pursuit of equality. And I know firsthand, like I said, that sometimes when I talk about this issue, people have a lot of opinions. And, you know, you talk about International Women's Day and there'll be a bunch of guys being like, what about International Men's Day? Like, I know this whole culture around gender inequality and equality. But I think we have to be fearless. And I think we have to like get off our high horse a little bit and understand that this is actually an epidemic. It's like a serious issue where half of the world's human potential is not being recognized. And so team humanity is really, really suffering. So I would just encourage you to like get educated, like understand how to be an ally. Like when you, your bros are like talking about a girl in a certain way, be the guy that's like, dude, that's not cool. Like, let's be more evolved. That's like, what speak I talked to about. Yeah. I'm like, don't, you don't always have to be like, oh yeah, bro. I'm also going to say, and I'm, this is going to be a hard truth for a second. Statistically, in a lot of countries around the world, when you do surveys about like how women should be treated, how wives should be treated versus men when it comes to violence or many other things, I have to be honest and say that statistically, a lot of women also agree that women should be held back. And that also needs to be fixed. I think women need to understand that we, again, going back to the system, mm -hmm. we have been convinced that one of us can win, that there's space for one of us, that I have to compete against you. We need to throw that in the garbage. Like there's space for all of us and we need it's to so act true. in accordance to that. It's no. so true. In your experience... I think I'm sounding really smart. By the way, you really are. <laughs> really smart. Like, I, I just, wish I had my I just, notepad because we always yeah, take we notes. we always take notes. We're I just like, like, no -takers. I don't know. I just, I just feel like we should all big ourselves up and I just feel like I'm sounding kind of smart right you now. Are. You are. You're empowering okay. right Thank now. you. Thank really you so well. much. So, oh my God, thanks. <laughs> okay. In your experience, how has navigating the entertainment industry impacted your own personal mental health? It's destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it is truly utterly dragged yeah. it through the sewer and mud and destroyed it no all jokes aside the entertainment industry like many other industries it is very very challenging the highs are very high the lows are very low when you make a mistake it's in front of millions of people millions of people give you instant feedback about every single thing you do it is very hard to be a minority in this industry mm -hmm. i have had both the pleasure and the torture of being the first at many things and it has been very very difficult but it has made me that much more relentless in my mission. You know, when I first started this in this industry, I was a little selfish in terms of like, I wanted to win. I wanted my vision board to come true. My vision board had money and it had these people I wanted to be. And I wanted to do all that stuff and I wanted to prove myself. And I don't know if it's age or if it's learning how this industry works. My mission has become much more about legacy. And legacy being that when I am gone, the thing that will actually truly matter is how many girls can say, I got to do this because someone made this possible for me. That doesn't go away. 
like money goes away, followers mm-hmm. goes away. But if there's some girl in India that is educated now, her kids get to be educated, that doesn't go away. That has a ripple effect. And so what I've really learned, and you can clap, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I've really learned from this industry is like, it really doesn't matter. I think I'm having a spiritual breakthrough right now. It really doesn't matter what happens with my TV show or my movie or my anything, as long as what I'm doing allows someone else to have a chance at the things they want to do. No. Yes. And you've opened that space to make that happen. I've tried. And I've, I've, I've also followed many people before me that have also paved the path. So I guess I'm just trying to continue to pave the path. Okay, before we get to a little rapid fire, we literally have like 10 minutes. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about Lily's Library? Yes. You have a new movie that's in development. Yes, 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 yes. There's so many things. <laughs> yes, I have a book club. I don't know if anyone likes to read. Raise your hand. I'm going to be real. In school, I love to read. And then I kind of lost the love for it. In my adult life, I've gone back to reading. And I have a book club called Lily's Library. It's all about championing South Asian authors and stories. But here's the catch. The stories are for everyone because, shocker, you can enjoy a story that someone else wrote. <laughs> Just like how I watched Friends. Like, I, I was never confused. I was never confused. I was like, I get it. They were on a break. They weren't on a break. They were really like, I, I can follow this completely. So the books are written by South Asian authors, but they're for everyone to enjoy. It's called Lily's Library. It's books of all types also. And it's really cool because we're giving these South Asian authors a spotlight and a platform that otherwise they may not get. What's the last book you read that you put on there that you love? Ooh, the la- okay, so ooh, there's so many good books. One I really, really like was called At Least You Have Your Health. It was a commentary on the women's health industry and how under-researched and understudied women's bodies are, but it's like done very comedically. So if you're ever that woman that's like Googled, why is my left boob doing this? <laughs> yeah. It is a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, but it's auto-populating. So like someone else has done this. <laughs> There's other hypochondriacs you know out there you just like us. You're Googling really? something and you're like, but it's auto-populating. So like... <laughs> Other we've people. died and come back to life many times on the internet. But like we've many died and times. Come back to life. Like, so yeah. that's w- what the book was about. But without teasing, our book picks in the new year. We're looking. We're looking to some erotica. Ooh. Just because I feel like that's ultra taboo oh, for yeah. South Asian people to write about, and I'm like, oh, we're going there. My like mom it. reads every book with us, so I look forward to that. Yeah, I, I think we'll need a part two of this <laughs> for sure. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I'm quite confident the book will not call a vagina a shame, shame also, which I'm excited about, which I'm very excited about. Shame, shame. We've gone a little bit yes, past that. exactly. <laughs> hey, look, that, that's cool though. Maybe aunties will read that book and be like, oh, we can say the word vagina and that is a win. And then that is a win. It's a big win. That's it's a huge a win. win. Shame, huge shame. win. And then, yes, the other thing you mentioned was I just, I don't want to give away too much okay. because I have to leave some to be desired. Okay. I did just finish co-writing my first feature, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> with the Unicorn Island Productions. And based on everything I've talked about today, you can already assume it's going to be very female forward and very just going there and trying to change the culture. Comedy? That's a comedy. Oh, I can't wait. PG-13? Hasn't been officially rated yet, but it's definitely not (laughs) PG-13. I'll I'll definitely tell you that it's not. We're trying to change shame. So when you do that and you change a culture on how girls and women are treated, you have to go there sometimes. You have to go into that space of fearlessness. And so that's what I've done for that movie. Seven minutes. A little bit about beauty. This is called lipstick I mean, on the skin, rim. Your skin, your eyes, amazing. your lashes, all of it. This I've is wa- two hours of hair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Any favorites? 
Ooh, yes. Okay, so recently I've been really getting into hair care. And uh, I mean, oh, I, I watched your you. video, Hair Oil. Yes. So, I watched uh, that. Yes, I am actually launching my own hairline with Avrani, which is this amazing Ayurvedic Indian company who I actually use their skincare religiously already. So, I'm already a fan. And it's super cool when you can be like a fan of something. so shiny. Okay, can you feel it though? Okay, wait, this is not <laughs> is all your just, hair. I just, I want to say, so I hair oil and I do on Sundays, I do my, just like we would do a skin routine, I do a hair routine because it's important. I want you to just feel my hair. And I want you to know you can be honest. Oh, okay. Okay? I want, I want you to tell me if you think it's soft. Shut up. Hold on. It's like... Oh, my God. It's like glass. It's like That's so all you. Okay, okay, but now random... So you don't know me. I don't know you, right? <laughs> like, we've never met. Right? What's your name? Wait, feel her hair. Alyssa, you, don't, you can be honest. Okay? You can be honest. Do my you think my hair like is soft? My hair feels like hay. My hair feels like hay, too. Yes. It's soft, right? Yeah. It's okay. Not, this isn't cute. This is not cute. That's well, cute. This isn't cute. So, like, taking care of your hair. My my hair routine is like the thing now that I care so much about because we put so much crap in our hair. I know. And so I'm about like putting the shield back onto my hair, like taking care of it so it looks good for a long time. Do you use any like Ayurvedic like skincare? Because so, I, I love yes. Ayurvedic. Oh, remember Hrani. Sundari, Christy Turlington's line. Sundari, God. That was that was all Ayurvedic. This I don't is, mean that's to. How like, I am like yeah. I don't mean to be this person, back. but I'm gonna be this person for a second. When it comes to skin and hair, like, Indians, we bin you. Like, we, I'm just trying to say this. We have a lot of, like, when I was younger, when my mom used to oil my hair, I used to be a little bit like, Mom, why you? And now I'm like, oh, my God, she was a genius. Like, all of these things my mom taught me from a young age have actually allowed me to have really, not to brag, like, amazing hair in my adult life. <laughs> and so with Avrani, we're bringing back, you know, Avrani. tradition and science. Avrani, we're bringing back tradition and science, and it's going to be, I mean, you felt my hair. I don't need to say anything else. You. Your skin I know. Thank you. That's also Avrani, actually. Okay, so yeah. the hair oil. No. But it's also, you know what? It's Avrani and it's also, I'm just going to be real. It's happiness. Yeah. <laughs> it's really focusing on like the people I surround myself with, what I stress about, what I don't stress about, getting sleep, caring myself, choosing myself and loving myself. That is why my skin looks like this. And the two hours of makeup. <laughs> and the two hours of makeup. <laughs> yes. Okay, a little bit of rapid fire. Yes. Uh, one beauty product you can't live without. Ooh, okay. I'm going to say I use a, the Avrani's turmeric face mask once a week oh, and turmeric. I love it. Yes. Yeah, Exfoliating okay. glow turmeric face mask. I swear by it. Morning or a night person? <sighs> For most of my life, I've been a night person. But I'm trying actively to become a morning person now. Like what? Like how late do you go to bed? Because I'm a mom. So I used to be that person that could be like, oh, I'm going to go to bed at a easy breezy 4 a.m. today. Stop it. But no. now I'm like trying to be in bed by 10 because I really value my morning routine. I'm getting old. <laughs> I, I really like my morning walk and my morning tea and all those things now. Texting, calling, or FaceTiming? Okay, I'm a millennial. How dare you even say calling? <laughs> I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> we call each other. I'm the only person I call. Do phones still do that? Can you still call people? <laughs> I'm so old. Too texting. Texting a hundred. Not even texting. Gifts. I can't even commit to text. Just a <laughs> gif. <laughs> a gif of what I'm feeling. Uh, what's your hidden talent? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, so I have a needle in my hand. I know if you're listening to this, you can't see it in the... I'm sorry, but you have a needle in my hand. I'm going to okay. put it through my lip, though. You ready? And I'm going to tie a thread to it, okay? Okay, okay, are you ready? <laughs> How'd you do that? You? I can't do you're that. Like see? No. <laughs> that's amazing. That's cool. That and that this. Is Oh, that's she's flicking her finger for yep. the readers that are listening. This is riveting stuff. I know if you're just listening to this, you're this really like, no oh sense. man. We're gonna have to share this yep. somehow. Okay, what is your superpower? 
Ooh, I'm gonna say my superpower is storytelling. And I know that sounds quite vague. I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but I'm gonna give two seconds of context here. When you think about how to change culture, it really is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Any movie you've watched, TV show you've watched, song you listen to, anything you like, it has the power yeah. to change culture. And I think I'm really good at captivating an audience and telling a story that can change people's mind. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, we always ask every guest before we go, if you could give advice to your 10-year-old self, what would it be? Wow, if I could give advice to my 10-year-old self. Hmm, this is a really good question. I think the advice I would give is complex and simple at the same time. And it would be just to ask more questions. I think as a kid, you're taught to respect your elders and you're taught to listen to all these things. But I've been for the first time in like 15 years using my psych degree. And I know that when you think about quick psychology lesson, there's your id, there's your super Mm -hmm. ego, there's your ego. There's reality like gravity and light and, and all that stuff. And then there's a bunch of stuff society downloads onto you and tells you is fact and true. I would tell my 10-year-old self to ask more questions. Why? Why do I have to be this way? Why are you telling me that this is how I have to behave? Why do these people expect these things from me? Just so I could become more myself fully from a young age. I became myself truly as a full adult. Only when I reached full adult. Every day I'm still learning about myself, but how lovely it would have been as a kid to just know who I authentically was a little more as opposed to just what people told me I should be. You thought you should be, for sure. Exactly. Right, just ask questions. What's next, Lucy? Everything. I love you. Everything, Everything is next. Everything, There's Everything. Everything will conquer. <laughs> we have never been this on time in our lives. Oh my God, we have a minute Ever. left. A minute. Wow. Wait, what's your go-to cocktail? Yeah, we didn't ask that question. Go to cocktail. I do this fun game. I do this fun game where I look through the whole cocktail menu, oh. pretending I'm be adventurous, but I'm a Libra, so I'm like Cosmo. Every single time. <laughs> Every single time. Well, my favorite drink is actually a lychee martini. I'm going to put that out there. Lychee oh, martini. Oh, yeah. Lychee yes. martini. Yeah. Yes. Can I spend the next 41 seconds doing something? Is <laughs> yes, that okay? Yeah. You two are so good at this. Let's take a moment for you two. Oh, Let's take a moment for you two. From the moment I walked into this building, they've been so lovely. This is not just a facade for the stage. They've been so supportive, so lovely, and so just everything you would want women to be when you are talking to them, when you're having conversations, when you want them to support you. So thank you. On behalf of everyone here, thank you. Thank you. you. Well, like we said, you know, we have girls and, you know, having someone like you to have in their life, to have the series, just to have your talks, your YouTube, your storytelling and that ability, you know, to have some effect on our girls is real. And... We really we need more of you. We oh. need more of you. And, and we need more of you. And we need, we need more of all of you also. So thank you for being such a great audience. Thank also. you, guys. Thank you, guys. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Amisha Gormley. We are always so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim or my website where we just dive a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and much, much more on mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. A special thanks to my team, Elizabeth Tawfield, Schaefer Carrillo, Ken Ryan, and Anna Sessions and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.